President Biden unleashes executive action on gun control and tells a bevy of lies in the process. Republican governors fight back and the bullying of corporate America by the left has only just begun. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. It's time to stand up to big tech. Protect your data at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben. We'll get to all the news in just one moment because we do have a lot of breaking news today. We begin, however, with a quick fact. You are spending way too much money on your cell phone bill. Why would you do this? Why would you spend hundreds of dollars more than you need to every year? Instead, why not switch over to Pure Talk the way thousands of my customers already have? You can get the same exact service at half the price by switching over to Pure Talk USA. That's right. Instead of charging you obscene fees to pay for their massive mainstream media campaigns, corporate campuses, retail outlets across the country, Pure Talk passes the savings on to you. The average family saves over $800 a year, and switching is super easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data. That's just 30 bucks a month. If you go over on data, they're not going to charge you for it. From your cell phone, dial pound 250. Say Ben Shapiro today. You will save 50% off your very first month. That is pound 250. Say Ben Shapiro. A lot of phone companies, they'll tell you you need unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data. You don't need unlimited data. What you need is six gigs of data for just 30 bucks a month. And again, if you go over, they're not going to charge you for it. So what exactly are you waiting for? You can save a lot of money simply by dialing pound 250 and saying my name. Ben Shapiro to get started with my friends over at Pure Talk USA. Alrighty, so the breaking news this morning is that Prince Philip has died. He was aged 99. So this was not unexpected. He'd been in the hospital recently, obviously. According to the UK Sun, Prince Philip has aged, has died age 99, according to Buckingham Palace. The Duke of Edinburgh, who'd been married to the Queen for 73 years and described her as constant and described as her constant strength, passed away peacefully at Windsor Castle this morning. The royal family announced this via tweet. The queen shared a poignant photo of Philip as she talked of her deep sorrow and a heartfelt tribute to her beloved husband. A statement from Buckingham Palace said it is with deep sorrow that Her Majesty the Queen has announced the death of her beloved husband, His Royal Highness the Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. His Royal Highness passed away peacefully this morning at Windsor Castle. Further announcements will be made in due course. The royal family joined with people around the world in mourning his loss. The royal passed away two months and one day short of what would have been his 100th birthday. Prime Minister Boris Johnson paid tribute, said he helped steer the royal family and the monarchy so it remains an institution indisputably vital to the balance and happiness of our national life. Johnson said he was an environmentalist and a champion of the natural world long before it was fashionable. With his Duke of Edinburgh awards scheme, he shaped and inspired the lives of countless young people. At literally tens of thousands of events, he fostered their hopes and encouraged their ambitions. We remember the Duke for all of this and above all for his steadfast support for Her Majesty the Queen. And this, of course, follows... His hospital stay, he was taken to the hospital February 16th after feeling unwell. And then he had an infection and a heart condition when he was transferred to St. Bart's Hospital a couple of weeks later. His death obviously comes hard on all of the controversy that's been around surrounding the royal family, thanks to Prince Harry and uh, and Meghan Markle. But that obviously has nothing to do with his death. The man is 99, was 99 years old. He'd been struggling with ill health for at least a couple of years. In 1942, he became first lieutenant of the HMS Wallace. At 21 years old, he was one of the youngest first lieutenants in the Royal Navy. He married Elizabeth in 1947 at Westminster Abbey, described her as constant strength after the pair met at the wedding of Princess Marina of Greece of Denmark and Prince George, Duke of Kent, in 1934. They had four kids, obviously, and uh, they are the source of the current royal line. So that is the breaking news as of today. That is the, the death of Prince Philip. And just to show you what a garbage place Twitter is, the, the tweets below the announcement of his death are all from people celebrating the death of a 99-year-old man who was a lieutenant in World War II. So yes, the, the, our, our modern life just getting better 
and better in terms of our morality. Other news that is worth covering here. So yesterday, I did an entire hour on the Chauvin trial, and I pointed out that the prosecution case seemed to be on very, very thin ice, that a lot of the prosecution witnesses had been basically torn apart by the defense. It is worth noting here that the prosecution did have a much better day yesterday. So this case is still very much in doubt. For people who listened to yesterday's show and they said, well, you know, no sane jury could come to the conclusion beyond a reasonable doubt. Well, based on the prosecution case yesterday, a sane jury could come to the possibility of that conclusion. That does not mean that if it comes to the reasonable doubt conclusion, that that is wrong. It also doesn't mean that if it comes to the not reasonable doubt conclusion, that is necessarily wrong based on the prosecution witnesses yesterday. Now, the prosecution yesterday went how prosecutions are supposed to go. Namely, if the prosecution puts up a witness, the defense is not supposed to be able to promptly tear down the witness the way that the defense had over the past couple of days. Yesterday, the prosecution brought forth Dr. Martin Tobin, physician in pulmonary and critical care medicine from Chicago. He's presented as an expert witness on respiratory matters. And he basically just analyzed the tape of Floyd and said he could tell simply by looking at Floyd and measuring his, his breath and measuring his chest moving up and down if he died of a drug overdose or if he died of simply being compressed by Derek Chauvin. Frankly, I find that a little bit hard to believe because it seems like if you can diagnose cause of death simply by looking at somebody dying, then you are amazing at your job. Or alternatively, you're reasoning backward from a conclusion. But in either case, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He testified what the prosecution needed him to testify, which was definitely not fentanyl. It was definitely not meth. It was definitely not the pre-existing heart condition. Anybody, any healthy person who's put in that position and somebody sat on them for nine minutes would die of essentially loss of oxygen. So he did what he was supposed to do. They also brought forward Daniel Eisenschmidt, a forensic toxicologist of NMS Laboratories who's involved in drug testing Floyd's blood. And they also brought forth William Smock, an emergency medical, medical physician and self-described police surgeon who discussed excited delirium and tried to rule that out. So as Andrew Branca, who's been doing a very good job covering this over at Legal Insurrection, says, today's trial proceedings looked a lot more typical for a prosecution presenting its case in chief than had been the case so far in Minnesota, in Minnesota versus Chauvin. What I mean by that is that the state finally had a day in which its own witnesses did not end up doing the defense more good than themselves. He says, this is what every day of the trial should have looked like so far. It's the prosecution presenting its case. The defense doesn't get to its case until Monday, presumably. So I wanted to give an update on that for purposes of those who are following the news and the trial on a day-to-day level. All right, well, the big news of yesterday was Joe Biden has now announced, and you knew this was coming, Joe Biden has now announced that it was time for, for gun control that he needed to issue some executive actions on gun control. Now, his executive actions on gun control, many of them don't actually do anything. A lot of this is just for show, as Charles Cook of National Review points out. A lot of this is just kabuki theater. Essentially, what is being done here are a couple of things that might have some impact on some Americans, but most of this is just a sop to the left, and it's it's basically who he, so he can say that he did something. So we begin with Biden's announcement of his gun control executive actions, because again, The way that this works in the United States is that we elect a Congress to spend ungodly sums of money in giant omnibus packages without debating actual provisions of law. And that's all Congress is there to do. And then we elect a dictator every four years to reverse the last dictator's executive actions. So now we have Joe Biden doing this with regard to gun control. So Joe trotted out there or uh, hobbled out there and uh, and proceeded to explain that gun violence in the United States is an international embarrassment. I, I do love it when presidents of the United States talk about how the United States is an international embarrassment. First of all, I don't care what the Europeans think of us. And I'm frankly confused by anyone who does care what the Europeans think of us. Why would I give a damn what the Europeans think of us? After hundreds of years of internecine warfare and then us saving their ass from the Soviets, I really could not care less what the French think of our gun laws in the United States. The French can stick it. Like, I I don't care. (laughs) Why would I possibly care what China thinks 
of our gun violence problem. China's too busy locking up Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang. And why, why would, I, like, who, why? Why would I care? How about if I judge our policy based on whether I think the policy does a good job of balancing risk, reward, and rights? How about that? The constant appeal by Democratic politicians to what the world thinks, I don't care. I don't understand why you would care. You're a member of the American democracy. If you want to live in Denmark, go live in Denmark. If you care that much with the, with the folks in the Netherlands think, you are free to pick up and leave at any time. I don't, let me explain. I don't give a, like, I don't care. <laughs> but here is a Joe Biden explaining that we should deeply, deeply care about what the international community thinks of our gun violence problem. Listen, if you want to make the case that we ought to curb guns, the least effective case here is, yeah, what do the, the Australians think? Who cares? Here's Joe Biden trying to string together a sentence. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. Nope. Let me say it again. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. Nope. And it's an international embarrassment. And people clapping for that. Okay, first of all, it's not an epidemic. You know what's an epidemic? An epidemic. We just had one. We just had a giant global pandemic. It is finally coming to an end. Gun violence is not an epidemic because epidemics, they are things where you have a disease and then you pass that disease to someone else. No matter how many acts of gun violence are committed in the United States, it will not make me commit an act of gun violence randomly because it was passed to me on a bus. This sort of language is so stupid. It's like the CDC director today said that racism is a public health problem. No, racism is a problem of the human heart that has impacts in a wide variety of areas. It is not a public health problem. And gun violence is not an epidemic. Stop making comparisons between things that are not comparable. Yeah, but it's on the basis of stupidities like this that he's going to push forward a bunch of crappy executive actions on guns. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the shirts that you are wearing right now. So I got to tell you, when I'm off the air, I wear a lot of T-shirts. The only T-shirt I wear, I'm serious, the only T-shirts I wear are from my friends over at Cuts Clothing. The sport of business means demanding excellence from your craft and your wardrobe. Your fits need to be versatile, blending timeless style and comfort so you look as good as you feel. For that, there is Cuts Clothing. They've taken a classic men's fashion staple, the plain tee. They've refined it, combining premium quality with a minimalist aesthetic. Cuts shirts, polos, hoodies, crew sweatshirts. They are made for the man who works hard, plays hard, never settles for less, all in the sport of business. They're built for performance in the boardroom, the bar, the gym. Cuts clothing keeps you sharp wherever the game may take you. Take a plain tee, make it Tony Stark. It's the bleeding edge of fabric technology, meeting the man confident enough to wear it. Cuts clothing. It is solid stuff. I love wearing my Cuts t-shirts. I also have a couple polo shirts from Cuts. It's amazing stuff. I threw away my other t-shirts. Honestly, it's that good. It's not just the lifestyle. It's not just clothing. It's office leisure apparel for the sport of business. Get 15% off your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash Shapiro. Honestly, it's worth it. These are great shirts. That's cutsclothing.com slash Shapiro for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. Okay, so Joe Biden then continues along these lines, right? But, but the entire point here, is that Joe Biden doesn't actually have, as we'll see, any sort of rationale for his gun control proposals here. There's no shot in the world they actually lower the amount of violence using guns in the United States. They're not calibrated to do that. They're calibrated to please the radical left that has, again, a complete disconnect with reality when it comes to the causes of violence using guns. They believe that the way that you stop violence using guns is by barring obscure sort of things that are used by some gun owners without a lot of connection to crime. The actual way that you stop gun violence is the same way that you stop all violence. You put more cops on the streets. That's precisely the opposite of what they want to do. So what is this really about? If it's not about curbing the amount of violence using guns, and I, I say violence using guns rather than gun violence for a reason. There is a difference. Gun violence implies the gun is responsible for the violence, which is idiotic. It's like saying knife violence. It's like bomb violence. No, there's violence that uses these things as instrumentalities. And in any case, what really is driving this? 
What's driving this is the American people think that Joe Biden has the field because that's all he's there to do, guys. He's the comforter in chief. Sure, he's pushing radical policy, but he's the comforter in chief. He's just, he's the most feeling, generous, emotionally deep human who's ever walked the planet. You know who will tell you this? The Joker, Kamala Harris. President Joe Biden is a leader with great will, great determination, and even greater empathy. He has seen the grief of all of those who have lost a loved one to gun violence. It is for them, for all of us, that he will never, ever give up on this fight. Hey, you know what's really funny about this? You remember when Vice President Pence used to do this kind of stuff with Trump? Right? You get out there and talk about how Trump was just the greatest human who'd ever lived. And the entire media would be like, look at this sycophant. Look at him over here, just massaging Trump. Well, Kamala Harris does this. And everybody's like, she's amazing. She's just incredible. It's, by the way, I don't care about, I don't care might be a theme of today's show. I don't care about how empathetic Joe Biden is. I don't look to Joe Biden for empathy. I look to him to be president of the United States and to fulfill his constitutional duty. If I want empathy, I'll get a dog. If I want empathy, I'll go to my wife. I'll go to my kids. I'll go to my friends. I don't need empathy from the president of the United States. And if you're looking for empathy from your politicians, let me suggest that your life needs some fulfillment in it. If the place that you get your feels is from the politicians you support, you're creating a golden calf and then worshiping it. The White House comms director made the same point. However, Biden feels, feels about this. He has feelings, guys. I mean, sure, those feelings might have some ramifications by making tens of millions of Americans felons for owning stuff that they already own. But um, he has feelings, and that's the important thing. He's somebody throughout his entire career in public service uh, who has been incredibly focused on gun reform. You know, he worked to pass the Brady Bill when he was in the Senate. He worked to pass the assault weapons ban. Uh, this is something he feels incredibly powerfully about. Uh, and so the actions he's announcing today um, are, are the first step. He would be the first to say it's not enough. He would be the first to say this is what they always say. It's not enough. It's not enough as a substitute for it doesn't do anything that we want it to do. Right? If, it's not just not enough. It doesn't act, it's not calibrated to solve the problem. Because what is the actual problem? The actual problem is that we have this incredible rise in crime across the United States that's been happening over the course of the last year. Emma Tucker and Peter Nikias over at CNN reported just a few days ago, quote, the U.S. saw significant crime rise across major cities in 2020, and it's not letting up. Major American cities saw a 33% increase in homicides last year. As a pandemic swept across the country, millions of people joined protests against racial injustice and police brutality, and the economy collapsed under the weight of the pandemic, a crime surge that has continued into the first quarter of this year. You may have noticed in the description of the problems last year, they did not include police were put under the gun and then were told not to police anymore. Okay, that would be the actual reason, not the pandemic, because it turns out that in a lot of other areas of American life and a lot of other areas of the country that are not major metropolitan areas, crime actually went down because people were staying at home. Okay, but the real reason that this is happening, of course, is because if you rip on the cops all the time, and then if you try to defund the cops and there aren't enough cops on the streets, violence goes up. You may notice major American cities saw that 33% increase in homicides. Those are all Democratic areas. It is difficult to name a major American city in the United States that does not vote Democrat. Okay, the ones that are, that are having the major spikes in crimes are the ones that already like Joe Biden that already like his policies. Many of them have the same gun control policies that Joe Biden already wants nationally. Hey, the real answer to the violence with guns problems is the same as the, the solution to the violence problem generally, which is you need more cops on the street. 63 of the 66 largest police jurisdictions saw increases in at least one category of violent crime in 2020 that includes homicide, rape, robbery, and aggravated assault, according to a report produced by the Major Cities Chiefs Coal Association. 
Baltimore City, Baltimore County, Raleigh, North Carolina did not report increases in any of the violent crime categories. CNN says it's nearly impossible to attribute any year-to-year change in violent crime stats to any single factor. And homicides and shootings are an intensely local phenomenon that can spike for dozens of reasons. But the increase in homicide rates across the country is both historic and far-reaching, as were the pandemic and social movements. Well, it, it ain't the pandemic. The pandemic is not the rationale for why people are murdering each other. The reason is because when you take the cops off the streets, and when you say the cops are bad, and when you have 20 million people in the streets marching against the cops, the cops stop doing their jobs. We had a bit of this in 2014, 2015 with the so-called Ferguson effect after Ferguson, Missouri. And now we are having this with the George Floyd effect. Okay, that is that is what is happening. But Joe Biden is not interested in solving that problem. In fact, Joe Biden is interested in precisely the opposite, as we'll get to in just one second. First, let's talk about a simple fact for dudes. Now, you don't think about your hair a lot if you're a fairly young guy, you're in your 30s, but this is when you start to lose your hair. If you're in your 30s, you're going to start losing your hair if you are on average like most other American men. This is why you need 4hims.com. It's your one-stop shop for hair loss and wellness for men. Hims is helping dudes be the best version of themselves with licensed medical providers and FDA-approved products to help treat hair loss. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. Hims was created by a guy who knows some men's health conversations are easier online than in person. There are no more awkward in-person doctor's visits or long pharmacy lines. 4HIMS connects you to licensed medical professionals online, and that could save you hours. You answer a few quick questions, a medical professional will review. If they determine it's right for you, they can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Today, HIMS is giving you their best offer yet. If you're not happy with your results after 90 days, HIMS will give you a full refund. And right now, my listeners can get their first visit absolutely free. Go to 4HIMS.com slash Ben. That is 4HIMS.com slash Ben. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Remember, that is 4hims.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Okay, so the actual answer to the rising crime would be more cops. You know who used to know this? Joe Biden. Joe Biden was partially responsible for that 1994 crime bill that he now derides as having been racist. But that 1994 crime bill was instrumental in bringing down the crime rate in historic fashion in the United States. Crime rates in the United States soared from essentially 1968 to 1994, and then they started to come down. Why? Because localities and states put more cops on the streets, and there was greater, greater federal funding available to put cops on the streets. You know who used to know that? Joe Biden. Well, now Joe Biden is pushing precisely the opposite. According to MSNBC, Biden's new gun proposals are interested in investing in community-based solution, not incarceration. Except, of course, for the fact that if you want criminals off the streets, incarceration would actually be the solution to that particular problem. The administration will also invest in evidence-based community violence intervention rather than incarceration. Okay, well, that is not the solution. Okay, in fact, none of this is really designed to be the solution. So what exactly are these executive actions? According to the Daily Wire, in a statement, the administration outlined the following initial actions in his attack on gun rights. One, the Justice Department within 30 days will issue a proposed rule to help stop the proliferation of ghost guns. So ghost guns are basically you buy a gun kit with the parts and then you put it together yourself. Let me just express that there is very little evidence that ghost guns are responsible for a, a large share of violence using guns in the United States. Okay, I'm, I'm unaware of any data suggesting that ghost guns are a major problem in terms of criminals who are using guns in the United States. Beyond that, 3D printing basically makes this completely irrelevant. 3D printing, which is going to become more and more prevalent in the United States, means that you can simply cut the parts yourself using a blueprint online. Okay, and it is a crackdown on the First Amendment to take that stuff offline. It's a real problem. It's a First Amendment issue if you're saying you're going to take the plans to build a gun offline for do-it-yourselfers at home. So is that designed to really solve a problem? Is there any evidence that taking quote-unquote ghost guns out of circulation is number one going to be effective? And number two, 
is in any way supportable under the Second Amendment, that's a really difficult case to make. Second, the Justice Department within 60 days will issue a proposed rule to make clear when a device marketed as a stabilizing brace effectively turns a pistol into a short-barreled rifle subject to the requirements of the National Firearms Act. Okay, this particular provision with regard to stabilizing braces, apparently there are 10 to 40 million stabilizing braces in circulation. Basically, a stabilizing brace is a device that you attach to the end of an AR pistol and it straps to your arm, right? It doesn't strap to your shoulder. That would make it a rifle. Joe Biden said yesterday that it makes it more deadly than a rifle. I have, I have no idea where he's getting this uh, or as deadly as, as a rifle. It makes it more accurate, maybe, um, but really it's there to, to kind of prevent the recoil from being as large. In any case, here was, uh, here was Joe Biden ripping on, on gun braces. Is that like, have we seen a wide variety, a wide spate of violent crimes using guns in which the, the gun brace was really the problem? Here is Joe Biden on this particular policy. The third change, we want to treat pistols modified with stabilizing braces with the seriousness they deserve. A stabilizing brace hook in a pencil essentially makes that pistol a hell of a lot more accurate than a mini rifle. As a result, it's more lethal, effectively turning into a short-barreled rifle. Okay, I have a question. Does he have any data to show that it's more lethal than a normal handgun? Because the lethality of the handgun is essentially rooted in two factors, how experienced you are with the handgun and the muzzle velocity. That's pretty much it. Neither of those two things is really affected by the stabilizing brace, per se. Again, he, he's what he's doing, this is all for show. So much of this is for show. According to Daily Wire, the portion of the statement that mentioned the stabilizing brace is a reference to AR and AK pistols, which have barrels that are shorter than the minimum 16 inches required by the National Firearms Act. The statement said the pistols with an arm brace are concealable. That's really not true. Because again, that means that AR pistols would be like two feet long. Maybe it's concealable in like a backpack or something, but certainly not on your body. The claim that weapons with a pistol brace will be, quote unquote, subject to the requirements of the National Firearms Act means gun owners will likely be forced to pay a $200 tax stamp on those firearms. Other things that the the executive orders are going to do. They're going to publish model red flag legislation for states. That means nothing. Because guess what? States that don't want to pass that are not going to pass it. States that do want to pass red flag legislation already will have done it. So a lot of this is just for show. A lot of this is basically just a big nothing. And this is what Charles Cook over at National Review is pointing out. Charles Cook, who's a real gun advocate, he said, all the policy meet in Biden's missive sits within his reiterating his call for Congress to pass legislation section, which given that there aren't enough votes in the Senate for gun control, means nothing is going to happen. Everything else in the release smacks of a sideshow. Ghost guns are not really a growing problem. The proposed rule to get rid of stabilizing braces, it's a semantic topic, but it has no connection to the murder rate. The public red flag model legislation means nothing because states still have to adopt it. So most of this is just designed to make Joe Biden look like he cares about gun control without actually doing anything on gun control. I'm not sure why he thinks that's good optics, considering that he just activated perhaps uh, the most rabid voter base in the country against him. Okay, in just one second, we're going to get to more of this. And first, let us talk about your sleep quality. So, you know, you have to have a great mattress. You got to have a great pillow. But one thing that you really, really have to have, fantastic sheets. You don't think about that too much. But you went down to the gas station and you picked up that thousand thread count. You're like, it has a thousand threads. That means it's great. Now, thread count is not what matters in a sheet. That thing probably fits you like a tarp. Instead, what you need is Bull and Branch. Bull and Branch makes the softest organic sheets on the market. They get better with every wash. Comfort is not their only standard. They only use 100% sustainable raw materials. 
As the first fair trade certified manufacturer of linen, you can feel as good about your Bolin Brand sheets as they feel against your skin. The signature hem sheets from Bolin Branch are a bestseller for a reason. Buttery soft, lightweight, organic cotton in a classic sateen weave for sheets that get softer over time. They're not too hot. They're not too cool. They're the perfect year-round sheets for most sleepers. Bolin Branch focuses on quality over quantity. No inflated thread counts because more isn't always better. Bolin Branch signature sheets. They come in seven beautiful colors in all sizes from Twin on up to California King. They're made to a higher standard. They're awesome. They're so good that, again, I threw out all of my other sheets other than Bolin Branch. I literally cannot sleep on other sheets. Experience the best sheets you've ever felt at bullandbranch.com. Get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code Shapiro at checkout. That is bullandbranch, B-O-L-L, and branch.com. Promo code Shapiro. Go check them out right now. Okay, so Joe Biden, in trotting out these particular pieces of nonsensical executive orders, he also proceeded to just say a bunch of things that are not true. Just a bunch of things that are bizarre and not true, because this is what Joe Biden does. In order to promulgate bad policy, he has to tell you a bunch of lies. This is true with regard to H.R. 1, the so-called For the People Act. Whenever Congress names an act, you can be pretty sure it does the reverse of what it is supposed to do. When they say For the People Act, what they actually mean is for the Democrats in spite of an attempt to enshrine Voter ID into Law Act, right? I mean, it's, it's basically a For the Voter Fraud Act, but they'll call it For the People Act. They'll do the same thing with the so-called Equality Act, which is designed to restrict religious practice rights. It will same thing when it comes to gun control. Joe Biden will talk about how he's not attempting to restrict the Second Amendment. All he's trying to do is restrict the Second Amendment. So Joe Biden says no amendment to the Constitution is absolute, which would come as a shock to former slaves in the United States. The 13th Amendment is pretty absolute when it bars slavery, for example. Some amendments to the Constitution, to be somewhat semantic here, are, uh, are absolute. Here is Joe Biden saying no amendment is absolute, which is, again, uh, a, a weird take. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell crowd, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. We call it freedom of speech. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. From the very beginning, the Second Amendment existed. Certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. So the idea is just bizarre to suggest that some of the things we're recommending are contrary to the Constitution. Okay, I would love to see his source for restrictions on type of firearm owned at the founding. I'm pretty sure he's going to have a hard time finding that. As far as his argument that the, the First Amendment has restrictions, fire in a first of all, anytime a politician says the phrase fire in a crowded theater, it's because they don't know the law and they're a moron. Any politician who cites this as a source for restrictions on the First Amendment, number one, doesn't understand the original case, and number two, doesn't understand that it was repealed essentially by Brandenburg versus Ohio. You can, in fact, shout fire in a crowded theater if there is a fire in a crowded theater, plus there is a, a solid case to be made that Shank versus United States, which is the fire in a crowded theater case, is bad law. Okay, beyond that, the, the, that does not answer the question as to what restrictions are appropriate on the Second Amendment. Simply saying that all amendments are subject to some restrictions does not answer whether this particular restriction is subject to the, to the Constitution. Okay, and then Biden expands, says, your Second Amendment rights aren't at stake, but this is only the beginning and uh, we're going to come after more of your guns. Nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. There are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Whenever the Democrats say we're not threatening your First Amendment rights or we're not threatening your Second Amendment rights and then proceed to spell out, spell out policies that do, in fact, threaten your rights, they're not telling you the truth. Of course, this is going to be a case. It's going to go to the Supreme Court. These executive orders will go to the Supreme Court. And if Joe Biden had his way, he would absolutely be passing gun control legislation. In fact, he said in this press conference 
that if he could pass one thing, if God could give him control just to pass one thing that was not an executive order, it would be a massive gun confiscation bill. He said it would be a huge gun control bill. That's what he would pass. Again, all of this is rooted in lies about guns and what gun restrictions are already on books. Frequently from the left, you'll hear the lie that it's easier to obtain a gun than to vote, which is just absurd. But here is Joe Biden telling an overt lie. He says, you know what we have to do? We have to close the gun show loophole. Okay, there is no such thing as a gun show loophole. Again, this is just a lie that is repeated ad nauseum by the media. It is repeated by Democrats. There's no gun show loophole. What there is, is it says in law that I can pass a gun onto my child without having to go to a federally licensed firearms dealer. However, if I go to a gun show and I buy a gun from a federally licensed firearms dealer, I have to go through a background check the same as everybody else does. Gun shows are not this sort of magical free zone where everybody just gets to buy whatever gun they want willy-nilly without being subjected to federal and state regulations. But here's Joe Biden just saying things that aren't true. These bills, one, require background checks for anyone purchasing a gun at a gun show or an online sale. Most people don't know it. You walk into a store and you buy a gun, you have a background check. But you go to a gun show, you can buy whatever you want and no background check. What? I mean, that's, that's just not true. You can buy whatever you want with no background check. Sign me up for the next gun show then, man. That sounds amazing. But um, no, that's actually not true. Other things that are not true that Joe Biden said. He also touted his failed assault weapons ban. Okay, there is no evidence whatsoever that this lowered the rate of mass shootings or the rate of crime in the United States. The number of people who own guns in the United States, the number of guns in circulations rather, went up radically in the aftermath of the assault weapons bill and the gun violence rate went down. Okay, but here is Joe Biden touting a bad piece of legislation. I know this has been a hobby horse of mine for a long time. Got it done once. We should also ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in this country. So that 10 years we had it done, the number of mass shootings actually went down. Okay, no, that's not true. That's not true. There's no evidence that that is the case, that the number of mass shootings went down. In fact, between the time that it was put in place and the time that it went out of practice, exactly the same number of mass shootings on average happened. So that's that's not true. But honestly, I don't expect Joe Biden to get all this stuff right because the man can't even speak English anymore. He's now speaking in some other language that is not, maybe that's why he's looking for international approval. Maybe they speak his language because we certainly don't. Here he was screwing up. He, he's appointing a new head of the, uh, the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms branch of the, of the federal government. Uh, and um, he screws up the name several times in a row. The Bureau of Alcohol, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, the key agency enforcing gun laws, hasn't had a permanent director since 2015. Today, I'm proud to nominate David Chipman to serve as a director of the AFT. David knows the AFT well. He served there for 25 years. And Vice President Harris and I believe he's the right person at this moment for this important agency. Well, I mean, I hope that he knows it better than Joe Biden, who calls it the AFT. It's actually called the ATF, President Biden. Hey, by, by the way, we'll talk in one second about who Biden just picked to head ATF because this guy is a radical. He's a radical anti-gun activist. It's the equivalent of Donald Trump appointing to head ATF, Wayne LaPierre, right, the head of the NRA. We'll get to this in just one second. First, let us talk for one moment about the fact that HR problems, when you're running a business, they can be such a headache, just, just be nasty. When you're running a business, HR issues can absolutely kill you. You don't think about it when you start a business because you just want to do business. But then you run headlong 
into wrongful termination suits or minimum wage requirements or labor regulations. You need to comply with the law. You need somebody to handle your HR. But HR manager salaries aren't cheap. They average 70,000 bucks a year. Bambi is spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. It was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, maintain your compliance all for just 99 bucks a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding determinations that customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just 99 bucks a month. They're month-to-month, no hidden fees, you can cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Head on over to Bambi.com slash Shapiro right now to schedule your free HR audit. That is Bambi.com slash Shapiro, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Shapiro. Go check them out right now and get your HR short up, Bambi.com slash Shapiro. In just a second, we'll get to Joe Biden's ATF pick, who happens to be extremely radical. First, it is that glorious time of the week when I give a shout out to a Daily Wire member today. It is Matthew Wells on Twitter, who's hopefully about to get a high five from his awesome kid in the picture. Matthew's young daughter sits at their fireplace holding the world's most elite beverage vessel with a big smile on her face. The caption reads, at Real Daily Wire, future conservative, future astronaut, hates when I listen to Ben Shapiro, but would love nothing more than to be featured. Hashtag leftist tears tumbler. Well, here it is. Also, if she really wants a show to hate, tune on over to Michael Moles. It, it's garbage, trust me. Thanks for the picture. Thanks for being a Daily Wire member. Now, it is that exciting time of the week again. Our own Candace Owens will be live streaming her new talk show, Candace, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. In tonight's episode, Candace's Cancel Corner will feature Clay Travis, sports commentator, founder of Outkick Sports. He's the host of Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio, Outkick, the show, live stream, wins and losses podcast on iHeart. Clay's been canceled from CNN and ESPN for his upfront and in-your-face commentary, so naturally, he is the perfect guest for Candace to talk about MLB and the infection of sports with wokeism. Tune in to watch their hilarious discussion tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, only on dailywire.com. Get 25% off a new membership with code Candace. The show streams on Fridays, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central at Daily Wire. You can get the audio podcast Candace on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So if you need some Candace Owens in your podcast feed, look no further. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe today. Be sure to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. So just to show you how radical Joe Biden is on gun control, his new ATF pick, a guy named David Chipman, is super, super radical. According to the Gun Owners of America, they say they are shocked at the brazen decision to nominate a registered anti-gun lobbyist to be director of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. The GOA also expressed opposition to Biden's plans to announce new gun control measures on Thursday. According to Dudley Brown, president of the National Association for Gun Rights, he noted Chipman's role as case agent for ATF in the Branch Davidian trial, while he was based at the Waco, Texas field office. He says, David Chipman has been on the leading edge of ATF scandals for decades, all the way back to Waco. Now he shows for gun confiscation with Gun Control, Inc. Chipman has embraced every harebrained gun control scheme proposed. So, of course, Biden and Harris chose him. He'll fit right in with their corrupt administration. This is obviously an administration that is dedicated to cracking down on the Second Amendment to the extent that they can legally. Meanwhile, of course, Jen Psaki is trying to clean up the fact that Joe Biden is a liar. You know how bad Joe Biden is at this? The Washington Post gave him a mostly false rating on his statements about the ability to buy guns at, at gun shows without any sort of background check. To get a mostly false from the Washington Post, basically you have to be the worst liar in existence if you're a Democrat. Because the way that it works, if, if you're a Democrat and you say something that is blatantly untrue, is they call it half true. And if you're a Republican and you say something's true, something is true, they call it mostly false. If you're a Democrat and they call something mostly false, that means it is the falsest thing that has ever been said in the history of humanity. So he got slapped to the fact check on this one. Here's Jen Psaki trying to walk it back. 
Is it the president's belief that you do not have to undergo a background check when you are at a gun show? No, it's not his belief. He believes that gun that background checks should be universal. Right, but he says no background check. Well, we know what his position is, right? So let me reiterate that, which is that uh, gut background checks are something that should be universal. They're supported by more than 80% of the public. He's supported legislation, advocated for that, um, and uh, advocated against loopholes as well. So that's his position, and I appreciate you asking for the clarification. Okay, that is his position, but he did lie. Also, Jen Psaki says, don't worry, this is only the beginning. Now, here's the thing. It isn't only the beginning. It's the end. He doesn't have the vote for massive gun control in the Senate. So this is all they're going to get. Again, all of this is just for show. But it is interesting how Joe Biden feels the necessity to constantly shill on behalf of radical causes. Here's Jen Psaki proclaiming there will be much more gun control to come. Spoiler alert, there won't. Does the president feel that he's doing everything he can to meet the scope of these commitments right now? Well... Today, the administration announced initial actions to address gun violence. Uh, there will be more. That is absolutely his commitment. And he also uh, will use the power of his presidency, his voice, uh, his political will uh, to uh, advocate for uh, actions in Congress. Yeah, well, um, that ain't going to work. Sorry. Nancy Pelosi basically has a House majority that is like two. Like she, she needs to she needs to hold together her entire coalition. If she uses like two votes, she's in serious trouble in the House. And in the Senate, no room for error. So yeah, that's pretty much the end of this. Meanwhile, governors are saying they're not going to put up with Biden's attacks on the Second Amendment. Texas Governor Greg Abbott tweeted, Biden is threatening our Second Amendment rights. He just announced a new liberal power grab to take away guns. We're not going to allow this in Texas. It's time to get legislation making Texas a Second Amendment sanctuary state passed into my desk for signing. Meanwhile, Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy said the same thing. He said, Alaska is a Second Amendment sanctuary state. We will be evaluating our options. Basically, what does that mean? That means that the state government is not going to work with the federal government in effectuating these laws. I'm very much looking forward to this. Honestly, I want more sanctuary states against federal predations by various Republican governments. If Democrats can do this with illegal immigration and say that they are not going to allow local law enforcement to work with federal agents in rounding up people who are criminally illegal aliens, for example, well, then I think it is perfectly plausible and, in fact, good for states like Texas to say, we are not helping ATF one iota. You're on your own. You want to do this? You're going to have to do it yourself. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem highlighted the portion of the Second Amendment that says, shall not be infringed, writing, Biden claims his actions won't infringe on the Second Amendment. That is false. Placing new limits on firearm sales is an infringement. Curbing ammo purchases is an infringement. Idaho Governor Brad Little said the same thing. So all of these red states are now starting to move in the direction they should move because guess what? This isn't going to be the first time or the last time that the Biden administration infringes on core liberties in the United States. It's about time for states to stand up on their hind legs and say, we are not going to participate in this. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, we're experiencing a lot of global instability as we plunge into primary season. How are you protecting your family in the middle of all of this chaos? The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political and economic upheaval dating back to ancient times. That, of course, is gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold, and Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out and balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text BEN to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text BEN to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold the way that I did. Diversification is always a smart business strategy, particularly 
in really tenuous times. This is a tenuous time. You should check out my friends over at Birch Gold. Text Ben to 989898. Get in touch with them today. Ask all your questions. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold. Meanwhile, just as a side note here, I think it is worthwhile noting here that Joe Biden, who is very, very anti-gun, he has a son who will not be prosecuted. Hunter Biden has committed pretty much every crime that Joe Biden has ever put somebody in jail for or wanted to. And yet you, you want to talk about like a double system of justice in the United States. It's not white and black thing. It's a power thing. Okay, it is a it is a wealth and a power thing. Hunter Biden would be in jail one million times over for the activities in which he has engaged if the man were not the son of Joe Biden. But as Breitbart notes, Joe Pollack writing, President Biden issued several new executive orders and actions Thursday aimed at gun control, while his son, Hunter Biden, is accused by critics of having violated federal law by lying about his past drug use in the background check for a gun. The gun was part of a domestic dispute that reportedly involved the Secret Service that later disappeared. Politico had managed to obtain a copy of the firearm transactions record and a receipt for the gun in question dated as of October 2018. It asked, are you an unlawful user of or addicted to marijuana or any depressant stimulant, narcotic drug or any other controlled substance? Hunter answered no, despite a long history of drug use. And by the way, speaking of Hunter Biden, he's still going around, trotting around to the plaudits of the media saying that that laptop might be fake and he has no idea where it came from. Meanwhile, the UK Daily Mail put out actual photos from Hunter Biden's laptop of him with two prostitutes on top of him. Okay, so I'm pretty sure that's Hunter Biden's laptop. I'm pretty sure that at the very least, those materials are Hunter Biden's materials. And I'm amused to see how the media are going rip-roaring hard after Matt Getz because Matt Getz apparently was engaging in prostitution or allegedly engaging in prostitution. But Hunter Biden is just a sweet, wayward child who is 51 years old, by the way. How about this? How about whoever engages in criminal activity should go to jail? That's my standard. And whoever engages in disgusting behavior should feel the public's wrath. How about those things? It's either both or neither. Okay, you don't get to pick and choose based on who the person at issue is. That is a double standard of justice. Okay, meanwhile, we've been talking extensively this week about the the pushback on corporate America. Right now, the left is in control of corporate America. They've taken the reins. They've decided that they basically have free reign to do what they want with the corporations of the United States. And the pressure is coming from the wokest among us. According to Peniel E. Joseph, writing for CNN, black power in the boardroom is leading the fight for justice. They say black business leaders' efforts to stop voter suppression in the wake of Georgia's recently enacted voting bill illustrate the vanishing separation between protest and politics in America today. They also embody the work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Over 70 black executives, led by former American Express CEO Ken Chenault, signed a letter released at the end of March that pressed corporate America to take a stand on voting rights, one of the central moral and political issues in the United States today. The new law and those like it are both undemocratic and un-American, and they are wrong. The memo to corporate America, the fierce urgency of now, which debuted as a full-page ad in the New York Times, channels Dr. King's words from his April 4th, 1967 Riverside Church speech criticizing the Vietnam War to uphold the sanctity of voting rights in America. The letter outlines the way that seeming, that seeming race-neutral or ostensibly colorblind laws and policies can be designed to have race-specific outcomes that harm the black community. The letter spoke for many by expressing a blunt truth. There's no middle ground, said Martin Luther King. There are either four more people voting or you might want to suppress the vote. Sorry, that is the letter from Ken Chenault. There's no middle ground. You're either four more people voting or you want to suppress the vote. Um, no, there is a middle ground. I want every legal, legally cast ballot to be counted. That is the middle ground. Okay, I don't want more people voting if they can't legitimately vote. It's not a question of how many people vote. It's a question of whether the vote is legitimate in the first place. But the point here is that if you can leverage on the basis of race corporations into doing what you want, then you can shift politics and you can shift the nature of the law by levering, leveraging these dollars. 
And the push is, is growing stronger and stronger. And corporate America is not standing up to it, which is why, of course, the right is going to have to push back, as I've been advocating. At a certain point here, the right is going to have to turn to these corporations and say, listen, if the left is going to push you to take positions on controversial issues, we will push you in the opposite direction. Because right now, for these corporations, if they feel pushback only from the left, they're just going to do what the left wants and figure that the right will just turtle. The right doesn't have to turtle. But this is the, the oats that are being that are being felt here by the by the hardcore woke wing of the Democratic Party are pretty extraordinary. So, for example, P. Diddy, Sean Combs, has now issued a letter to corporate America. It says, no longer can corporate America manipulate our culture into believing incremental progress is acceptable action. Yes, corporate America now must become a tool of P. Diddy. By the way, what is P. Diddy's net worth? I believe he's worth about $900 million. So clearly he has suffered in this evil, horrible, no good, very bad racist country. Combs specifically called out General Motors, which listed his own media company, Revolt, as an example of a black-owned media company it supports, writing that solidarity is insufficient if corporations don't offer financial help. Hey, this is the part that's really fun. We are now just in straight blackmail territory, right? When you are, when you are just saying to corporations, we're going to call you racist and part of the problem unless you sign me a check, that's just extortion. That's just blackmail. So P. Diddy writes this letter. And if corporations cave to it, they deserve what they get. To be perfectly honest with you, if a corporation has so little spine that they cave to this sort of nonsense, they deserve to be torn down. I'm not going to stand in the way of P. Diddy and company tearing down GM if GM decides to cave to them. Okay, so here's what his letter says. If you are neutral in situations of injustice, you have chosen the side of the oppressor. That's a quote from Desmond Tutu. These same feet these companies use to stand with us in solidarity are the same feet they use to stand on our necks. And first of all, that in and of itself is egregious language. And it's comparing the death of George Floyd, a man who died, to the fate of people like P. Diddy, who's worth $900 million. When confronted by the leaders of several Black-owned media companies, says P. Diddy, General Motors listed My Network Revolt as an example of Black-owned media it supports. While Revolt does receive advertising revenue from GM, our relationship is not an example of success. Instead, Revolt, just like other Black-owned media companies, fights for crumbs, while GM makes billions of dollars every year from the Black community. So, uh, so basically, his case is that if a Black person buys an auto from GM, that money must be reinvested with a Black person. So segregation is what you're talking about here. Says P. Diddy, exposing GM's historic refusal to fairly invest in Black-owned media is not an assassination of character. It's exposing the way GM and many other advertisers have, already, have always treated us. No longer can corporate America manipulate our community into believing that incremental progress is acceptable action. Okay, this is straight up Al Sharpton going to Macy's and saying, I'm going to call you guys racial profilers and racists unless you make a donation to the National Action Network. This is where we are now in American life. This is the case being made by the left with regard to racial reparations, that you're, you're racist if you don't actually just give money, just straight checks to black people. And we have not worked out how it's going to work yet, but we're going to simply just put that out there. That's P. Diddy right here saying the GM is racist unless it signs him a larger check. Says P. Diddy, corporations like General Motors have exploited our culture, undermined our power, excluded black entrepreneurs from participating in the value created by black consumers. In 2019, brands spent $239 billion on advertising. Less than 1% of that was invested in black owned media companies. Yeah, so what? I mean, are they invested? Is that because they hate black people or because the most efficient media companies at reaching an audience that GM is trying to serve aren't black owned? This whole thing is an absurdity. But again, when it comes to the left's woke causes, equity is just a guise for benefits. Give me what I want. And if you don't, I'm going to call you a racist. 
Basically, everything I like now on the Democratic side is infrastructure. Everything I don't like is racism. All righty, we will be back here later today with an additional hour of the Ben Shapiro Show. First, you can't forget to end your week by checking out the Andrew Clavin Show, Drew Show. is every single Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you. So head on over to dailywire.com this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern and tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is the Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Claven Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Claven Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Claven. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 